welcome to the brand new show on the Superfun Network. It's SNR Radio, and you got your two co-hosts, Seth. Hello. And Ryan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this is a brand new podcast that uh, we have been theorizing and are now putting into practice for... When did we start thinking of this? Oh, jeez. Um, probably at least since August. Maybe even like maybe back. Early. Maybe like early. Maybe when I got hired. <laughs> yeah, like June. Yeah. 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 No. So this has been a working like theory and stuff. Yeah. And like, oh, we should we should get together one of these things. Yeah. We never did. But now we're here. We're here. We February. Fi- finally did it. February fifteenth. Give it up for day fifteen. Yes. We're here recording this. Uh, so Seth, uh, you are, in a sense, the newest, hottest young member of the Superfund Network. So, yes. So, uh, let's, let's first go into you. Uh, what is your connection to music? How, what, what, what is music to you? What, what, what are you all into? I've just, for as long as I can remember, I've listened to music. It's one of the first things I ever remember doing. The first album I listened to on probably repeat, I think, was Backstreet Boys, Greatest Hits. I had a, I, My parents had got it from my brother, but I stole it because he didn't listen to it. I got my hold of myself. I got a Walkman <laughs> and a shitty pair of headphones, and I listened to the crap out of it. I still just love them, but then that was kind of my intro to music, and then I started getting more and more into rock music, mm-hmm. which is where my devotions mostly lies, rock, metal, and all its subgenres. You certainly look the part right now. Yes, with my ch- mutton chops. I look like I should be singing in like, like early 90s Metallica. Yeah. Uh, so, two, part, two parts to this question, then. Uh... Well, what what was the first instrument that you uh, got, and what 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 has been your focus in music making itself? The first instrument actually I ever played. My main, I should say, my main instrument I play is the guitar. Yeah, but my first actually was in grade five when I took up the saxophone for concert band. Mm. Then halfway through learning that, I started playing the guitar and pretty much gave up on the saxophone. Yeah. Because saxophone, guitar, I can't play ACDC on the guitar, or on the uh, the saxophone. You could figure it out, but it's a lot more fun to play it on the guitar and run around like Angus. Yeah. And then over the years, I started taking up more instruments. I got myself a drum set. I got myself a, a bass, more guitars. I own about seven guitars. Jesus. Um... And as of late, since at least back in October, late October, I took up I took up the uh, violin. And you've, you, I, I've heard it. It's pretty decent. Yeah, you're getting there. You're getting there on that. Yeah. And uh, I guess final question for for you would be, uh, who are your influences? Who who are the people that like you you listen to and like, I want to be like that. Oh, there, there's so many. I think the, if I had to sum it all up into one person, that man is Dave Grohl from Nirvana and then the Foo Fighters. The man. The man. 
just but early ones were like Angus Young of ACDC and James Hetfield of Metallica. Alex Lifeson of Rush. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like those guys. I used to play running around in my room. I'd play along to ACDC songs like Angus Young. I would do the duck walk and just run around. What, what little hair I had on my head, I was flinging it around. <laughs> and then when I actually started playing music in a band, one of the things people always say like when you start playing in a band is, and especially when you play live is, how do you how am how am I so good at playing while moving around? And I always say it's because I I grew up doing that. That's how, one of the things I practiced probably more than actually playing the guitar itself. You know that like that just makes me think of a lot of the uh, high school bands I remember watching mm-hmm. grow up and like that a lot of them end up standing like stone statues. Oh yeah. And lots of bands today, like, they'll just, they stand there, and when I see local bands, it's like, can they sound great, but they don't have that energy. So I always made sure when I play, I bring that energy to it. People said, like, oh my god, how do you play like that? Because I'm running around the bar, or I'm dancing around the stage, playing the guitar, and it's so much fun. I love bringing that energy. There's a I become a different person when I pick up an instrument. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole other side of me that you don't see unless you put a guitar in my hands or a pair of drumsticks. Okay, all right, that's cool. It's like you had a—you almost gave yourself a head start. Mm-hmm. In that case, I was practicing what no one else was. Everyone was learning, you know, oh, what kind of Green Day songs can I play? No, I was learning how I could look like Green Day. Before I learned how to play the Green Day song. Because the Green Day song is easy. It's acting like them. You, you, I practice my power stance. I, the one thing I actually practice the most now is singing while playing the guitar. That's a tough... Some people are born naturally to do it. Some It takes a while to develop those skills. Mm. Okay. Cool, so, yeah. cool. How about you, Ryan? What was your earliest introductions to music earliest introductions have to be like i don't remember much i've taken some bumps on the head so you know i i don't remember much from the early days but i i remember a lot of road trips yeah a lot of road trips a lot of time in the car and a lot of time in the car means a lot of time listening to music uh, and that's where I got introduced, uh, thank you, Dad, uh, to a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, I think my earliest memory that, like, really sticks with me was when we would drive out from when we were living on Vancouver Island all the way out to, uh, uh, Manitoba. It would be, like, a two, three-day drive, and we would make, we made, uh, burn some CDs. Nice. Uh, and I remember the first song on the CD my dad uh, burnt was a White Wedding by Billy Idol. Billy Idol. And I just remember just that that beginning yeah. sticks with me. It's like, hey little sister, who's your Superman? And all that's, that. That's always a question I had. When is Billy Idol going to do part two? I, we don't know. <laughs> it's been like 30 years. Just give us part two. Get on that, man. So you have so white wedding. I remember I had a burnt CD that my mom made, and the song that I that stood out the most was actually the middle 
by oh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy World. World. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and then what about to now? Like, how do you feel that listening to like White Wedding back when you were a kid, how your music has evolved to how you are now with music? Well, I think I think from from there. It's like you 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 mainly like listen to like the top top forties stuff and that that was in like the early two thousands so you had a bit of the runoff from the nineties you had mm-hmm. like Limp Biscuit before the fall off if you want to like put in anything yeah. like that uh, but like it was a lot of the top forty uh, but right around the time I started really like going into my own uh, realm of music uh, was right around the same time like YouTube became popular oh, yeah. and it's like just after like uh Kazaa and yeah. stuff and you were downloading uh viruses that you were hoping it would be Metallica. <laughs> LimeWire, Frostwire, good uh, old uh what was it called? Um uh the original Napster. Napster, that's it, yeah. Uh but like you know, just just downloading all this stuff and then like YouTube started and you get like these mm-hmm. terrible like 240p yeah uh, cuts of music and i also have to create amvs anime music videos yeah. that people would make on like yeah. movie maker of like naruto clips set to like lincoln park and that's how i like learned a lot of bands yeah like lincoln park and three days grace and stuff and I started getting into that yeah and that also somehow led me to listening to a lot more classic rock like queen mm-hmm. oh i listened to a lot of queen growing up uh, and then over time, as I got older and more stuff was available to me, I started like experimenting and I like heard like stuff like a dead mouse and oh, yeah. delved into like EDM and hit and, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then eventually hip hop, uh, a lot of, uh, I, I'm more of a classic hip hop fan. Yeah. Like late nineties gangster rap. That's, that's, that's well, early to late nineties yeah. stuff. It's usually the best. Uh, in my opinion. But there are some solid guys out now in the trap scene. Uh, you just got to search for them. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, eventually just fi- finding, like, you know, there's just a point where you just, just kind of, like, listen to the top 40 and you're like, it's all fucking garbage. It was, like, 2008 or something mm-hmm. that, like, it just kind of, like, fell off for me. But eventually, like... You start finding our artists that you appreciate, like mm-hmm. like Carly Rae Jepsen, and uh, uh, even I, I liked a lot of Kanye stuff growing up yeah. too. Uh, but yeah, uh, now I listen to Death Grips and shit like that. It's just it, I, I delve into every kind of scene. I I have a lot of fingers in the pie, mm-hmm. and I just fuck. I love music. Yeah. <laughs> And get that never translated in instruments, because I was garbage the whole way. I had an electric guitar for a while, I was taking guitar lessons, and it never really worked out. <laughs> just couldn't hold my interest. You know, you know, you're in school, they toss you a recorder that's been used by 30 other people that will give you syphilis in the future. Yeah. And <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> and that, that kind of, like, kept me away from, like, band and all that stuff, because I didn't give a shit about that. I'm like, oh, Fuck that shit. I don't care. I really cared about, like, concert band in, like, elementary school. Like I said, right up until I started taking the guitar shortly after. So once I started learning the guitar, I was like, you know what? Screw all that. The saxophone. That's lame compared to the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's what attracted me to it too, because I was like, oh, guitar. You want to be a lead guitar? I want to be. I want to be the lead guitarist, the biggest yeah. band in the world. And yeah, you were gonna rule the, the world. World. Yeah. And that never happened. Nope. <laughs> but now I've actually like kind of gotten more into like the production side. Yeah. Like I, I really like learning about how music is made. Yeah. And how like mix, how important mixing and mastering and the production side. How important that is, mm-hmm. and like sampling and all of that. I love, I love making mixes for friends. Like I, I literally send uh, Will uh, just burnt CDs of. Here's a bunch of like sampler stuff that I know you haven't listened to or you haven't listened to in a while. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's kind of my forte into music. Nice. It's kind of nice to have you. Who just really appreciates music, and then me, an actual musician. It's kind of nice. It's a nice dichotomy there. Yeah. Okay. So, Seth, what are we going to be doing here on Seth and Ryan Radio? Well, we're each person every episode. We're gonna review an album of each of our choices. Which is going to be a different genre every week. So we're not just going to stick to the rock, because we love the rock. We really love rock here. Yeah. But this is a house of music. Yes. We love all music, so we're going to listen to all music. So I'm going to do one. Ryan will do one. And then we're going to do one together of a nostalgic album. Classic album review. classic review. From something... Could have been 100 years ago. Could have been... Uh, back when they, Bach, yeah, all, you back know. when they would record music on literal wax, dude, like the Charleston too. While we do it, um, the one thing though, I want to also I want to focus on is local music because mm-hmm. as a local musician, it's really important to me to get local musicians mentioned and get their names out there. Uh, concert reviews, and there will be probably plenty of those because. You're a frequent purveyor of concerts. Yes. And I also enjoy a live concert. Uh, and I will be going to Black Keys very soon, actually. So, looking forward to that. <laughs> also, reviewing music movies, musicals, musical TV, music documentaries. And if it's got music in it, we're in there. We don't worry about the acting, just the music. Maybe worried about the acting sometimes. <laughs> Why don't you tell them about... I'm really excited about it. Tell the viewers about the Tap Out Challenge. The Tap Out Challenge. The Tap Out Challenge is something that we conceived. We each give each other. We don't pick. We give each other. Seth gives me an album. I give him an album. And each of us have to see how long we can make it through our respective albums. Uh, before we tap out. We can make it all the way through, or we can tap out by one, but whoever manages to make it through the most wins the tap out challenge. Unfortunately, because of copyright, we can't play the audio from the albums, but we will review what we listen to. And we, we got some doozies. Oh, yeah. We got some doozies. For our first pick, so stay tuned for that, is I will be reviewing Corey Feldman's Angelic to the Core. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. And You're what will welcome. you be reco- what will you be reviewing? Uh, 
This, oh, you, oh, you're, you're bastard to me on that, right? You are giving me Metallica and Lou Reed's Lulu. I feel like I have the shit end of the stick, though. Because Yours is long. Mine's really long. There's 22 songs. Yours is like eight. But Lulu is pretty bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something. For, for every, like, one of Lulu's songs is, like, what, three Corey Feldmans? Yeah. It's it's gonna be rough sometimes. Yeah. But who knows? Sometimes we may come out like I actually like this thing. <laughs> yeah. Some most times I guarantee you it's not gonna be that. Expect some death grips coming down your way. Oh yeah. Have fun. If they're good, I'll like them. <laughs> uh, and not only the tap out challenge, we're we're also gonna look at uh, possibly doing some more video stuff yes possibly on the youtube or wherever you catch uh video content catch us on mtv and much music i hope you have cable yeah <laughs> maybe, they, maybe maybe on vice yeah start reporting on us what was it pitchfork spike tv oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's more or less our uh thesis statement on what this show is gonna be yes also, we'll be delving into just general music news. So, Seth, let's first establish our rating scale here uh, before we go into your first review. So, our rating scale will be out of five. Five pain, great. Outstanding piece. Great record, must listen. Uh, and going down from there, like a four, you know, it's it's almost perfect, yep. but not quite. Uh, three, average, your middle ground, good, solid album. Mm-hmm. Two, needs a lot of work, could be a lot better. Uh, and uh, one being, uh, this is this is not great. It's, yeah, it's pretty crap. Uh, and like maybe a zero is just fuck holy just shit. Just don't listen just, to this. Just skip it. Yeah. Skip it, man. Uh, so Seth, what is your first album? I picked for my first album for this show, since I've been listening to them a lot, is Volbeat's Rewind, Replay, Rebound. To me, I can keep this one pretty short and to the point, because... Volbeat is Volbeat. Everyone, if you listen to Volbeat, you just know. They're good. They're they're one of my favorite bands. This album isn't a whole lot different from their previous releases. Mm-hmm. It, I like how they're keeping with their kind of old western kind of sound. These guys don't define themselves as just metal. They're just rock. Which kind of allows them to do whatever they want in their yeah. music. Flexibility, yeah, important thing, and especially prevalent in full beat. Yeah, um, the songs that really stood out to me were actually just the singles that were released. Track title, like the first track, "Last Stand" or "The Sun," actually had a very good and very different sound that they usually have. Mm. I was actually very surprised. It was a very good song. Um, a song that was. Actually, the, I really liked is actually the second track. It's called Pelvis on Fire. And it had this old, like, 
I don't want like spy thriller guitar riff. So like, would you would you say that's like a? It would almost be like a seventies Bond or something. Yeah, mix if Bond was a surfer in California. So take like Tomorrow Never Dies or whatever, yeah. whatever one and mix it in with uh what's the Keanu Reeves movie where he's uh oh um uh, Johnny Utah yeah uh, I can remember I can never remember the name got, of this film got a remake recently with Patrick Swayze yeah yeah I saw that remake on Christmas Day that was brutal but we're not here to review that no. Point Break. That's Point it. Break. I kept thinking Total Recall, but it's like, not no, Total... That, that's, that's not... That's, that's Arnold. That's Arnold. Which also had a pretty crappy remake. But again, we're not reviewing movies. Um, Leviathan was another single that actually I really quite enjoyed. The song When We Were Kids, though. When We Were Kids. It was more of the the ballad of the... Of it. Of this album really good that changed the album like that just another one that just took their usual sound and just threw it out the door and they gave us something new and original sounding so what what would you say that sound was exactly (sighs) well you got it like if you look at it you look at the song by them lola montez Mm. off that you go into that song and then you go to their next album after that which was i believe seal the deal and let's boogie the Bliss. Those songs were almost identical. They were even in the same key. Okay. But, and so they do that a lot. Like, their earlier stuff, like... Still Counting, uh, Warrior's Call, Heaven or Hell. Each of those are, like, just in their own right, just different things. And then for a while there, they started getting a little bit repetitive. A little bit form... Following a bit of a formula. Yeah. This album changed that. It took, out, it took that formula. formula and it threw it out. No more formula. This is a new, original album by them. It's got a brand new sound that I just absolutely love. So it had 14 songs. I think it was about an hour and 20 minutes. It says on here 56 minutes and 45 seconds. Oh, there seconds. you go. Um, but I'll just sum it up. Really good. Really good. I gave it a 3.75 out of 5. Oh, it's it, it might as well just be a four out of five. It's really good. So yeah, I gave I gave it a solid out. a solid B. Solid B album. I didn't take any notes on it, but just because I can kind of, it's easy to review Volbeat. They're just you know, they just do what they do. You know what you're coming in. You know what you're getting into when you listen to Volbeat. And with this one, you got something new out. Of and it. I got something really new out of it. Even their cover art changed. Before, it was these cool hand-drawn artworks of, like, kind of old Western times. This one, it kind of brought more into... Instead of the 1800s, we were in the early 1920s. A photograph of uh, several children. Several children dressed up like gangsters. Yeah. In that kind of cool gangster look. Yeah. So they're sticking with their, like, gangsters. It's, It's kind of like they're moving through time. Mm, in, a, okay. in a way yeah. that's kind of how I see their albums they're moving through through time so I think that's all for me on this one it was a short review okay. solid album you know what? I'm going to change it it's just a solid 4 out of 5 oh, four. 4 out of right. 5 is really good 
I highly recommend. I highly recommend the band, and I highly recommend this album being repeat or rewind, repeat something. Replay. Replay. Yes, I couldn't. I re- rewind, replay, rebound. I can never remember the name of the album. <laughs> Well, so let's go over to mine. Yep. Uh, which is definitely something different. It is Green Days. Father of all. Father Frienders. <laughs> Let me be blunt here. This album sucks. <laughs> this is not a good album. No. That's such a shame, too, because I love Green Day. Me, too. I haven't listened to it. I listened to the... Lead single. I can't actually remember what it was called. Well, the lead single is called uh, Father of All. Mm, right, uh, yes. Title, title track of the album. Uh, so this recently released uh, in uh, February 10th, I believe. Or February 9th. Five days ago. A few days ago. Fresh Hot Review. Uh, this album is coming off of Revolution Radio, if I remember correctly. That was a very good album. Yeah, I thought, I thought the album was... It was an okay album. And yeah. A couple, couple solid hits, but overall, in my opinion, it wasn't all that memorable. <laughs> That's not a word. Memorable. Memorable, yes. Uh, and this album feels like they are lost. That they don't know what exactly their sound is. Yeah. It honestly sounds like they're trying to get away from your American idiot, your dookie... Yeah, and this this album like it promotes itself mm. uh, with uh, if you saw the billboard, uh, no features, no Swedish songwriters, no track beats, just pure unadulterated rock. <laughs> and it, it, it's it has big boomer energy. That's what. Mm. If if anything, the album itself feels like it's meant to be played. At like a rider game, oh. at like a Pats game, at, at, at you're at the football game. You got your big, you, you got your big foam hand. You're cheering on your team and all that. That's why it feels commercial. Oh, it feels very commercial and that's thrown the, together. And, and you know that's surprising for Green Day. Yeah, because you know that's kind of something they don't like to be is commercial. Like they are one of the more prevalent pop punk. Yeah. Uh, rock bands, and like th- this is such a far cry from like Dookie, yeah, or, or even like Warning and like Twenty First Century Breakdown. Like it just it, it feels like all these different concepts that they're trying to go for, and it's all just in this mishmash of just crap. You, mm-hmm. you get it's like I got thrown shit in my face. Yeah, like. It, it's, and it's even kind of more hilarious in the fact that uh, the the track Father of All is used by NBC Sports Network uh, to promote uh, the NHL's Wednesday night hockey broadcast. Yeah, and like, and I when I re listen when I first listened to the album, I didn't even realize that the Wolf had been playing this song, and it was a Green Day song. I thought this was just like some yeah some random like. Dan, that's like they, they 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 somehow got radio play and they're not going to go anywhere. That's disappointing. <laughs> it's very disappointing, and just throughout this album, and it's only about under thirty minutes. Really, like twenty seven minutes, and it feels like forty. 
Wow. That's a short album. It's a very short, thrown-together album yeah. that does not overstay its welcome, but sure does feel like it did. Yeah. But yeah, like, even on songs like, oh yeah, like, it's like you can hear the parts where you want the audience to clap along with it. Oh, yeah. Like, it feels cheap and just... It's like, how did these guys make Dookie? How did these guys make Kerplunk even? Yeah. Like, fuck, man. American Idiot. Revolution Radio. 21st Century Breakdown. It's it's, all really good albums by this, by Green Day. Uno, Dos, Trey's were were disappointing. I always felt like that was like the the point where, where they kind of jumped the shark a little bit. Yeah. It was like... This, this is your like Weezer make believe. Mm. They're like that's ooh, that's a creative low point. And this this is kind of like a Green Day's creative low point. Even the album art itself. Yeah. It's just it's a reuse of the American Idiot like hand with the bleeding heart grenade, but like zoomed in. So you're like looking at right here on your like forearm. Really. And yeah, it this. has motherfucker like written on the arm and. It looks garish and shitty and not, it's just, it's just not great. Uh, oh yeah, look at that. I never saw the, or, and then there's just this random unicorn. Oh, over top of, yeah. because it's promoted as father of all and motherfuckers is censored, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but like tracks like I Was a Teenage Teenager, which has a grand total of like maybe 30 lyrics out total for a three minute song a three minutes and 45 second song and it just repeats the the same lyrics over and over it yeah just drones on it feels like the album itself is just droning has nothing to say yeah especially in this time of the world where you think a band like green day would have a lot to say yeah and they have nothing to say on this thing they say, it sounds like to me they say most of what they say, what they want to say in their interviews. Yeah. Right? As soon as Donald Trump was elected president. Oh, what do you think of this? Oh, we don't like this. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. And just throughout the whole thing, it just feels... it. <laughs> this is the sell... I'm not going to call them sellouts, but man, does it feel like it on this yeah. one. It just... It, it's not good. I, I I gave it a solid zero out of five. Yeah. Big fat F. You failed. Go back to the drawing board. And they're going to take this album on the road on a world tour with Fall Out Boy and Weezer. And I won't lie, the, the last few albums by those two bands have also not been great. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Well, you know, with... Um... Fall Out Boy with that last album. I don't remember what it was called. I just remember it was purple. Yeah. And it more had a more of an EDM sound. At least they know what they're doing. Like they like they they've slowly been working into this new sound over the last I'll say 10, 12 years whereas Green Day just dropped this new sound on us. And the sound is garbage. Yeah. It's the sound of a dispensary. And see, this is where I, I listened to this Father of All single on The Wolf. Um, and I'm thinking, what is this? And then I'm thinking, the, their late last release before this album, 
and these new singles was their greatest hits, God's Favorite Band. And there was an, a previously unreleased song that was... They call it unreleased, but I know for a fact it was written for this Greatest Hits and recorded. It was called Back in the USA. Mm. And it has this amazing... This is the Green Day we all know and loved. What happened? From... I want to say this came out in 20, 2017 to 2020. What yeah. happened in between? And also I noticed that like Billy Joel... Billy Joe, he's like singing at a higher pitch throughout the whole album, and he's just grating on the ears. It doesn't, yeah, it it doesn't sound natural for him. No, singing at this pitch for most of the album. Yeah, it's it's just overall in like the drums are just they're just kind of like there. Trey Cool's not doing anything really out of the box. Like Mike Dern's not doing anything out of the box on the on the. Yeah, it's just it it feels like the album wants to just scream in your face. And, like, just take you on a fucking ride, but it can't. Because it's, it's out of gas. Because it's working nine to five. It's got, it's got to go, it's got to go push papers at the fucking office. Yeah. It's safe. That's what I'll call it. It's, it's safe and shit. <laughs> yeah. So, you, I, I take it, you gave it an F. Do not recommend this album. No. No. Go, go listen to Insomnia. That's a good album. Or Nimrod. Go mm-hmm. listen to, go yeah. listen to the old stuff. Go listen to the old stuff. Fuck. Well, you heard it here. Heard it here for... Well, not definitely not first. Yeah. But definitely loudly. Yeah. Don't like this album. <laughs> That's a shame. All right. And for our third review of the day, uh, we're dipping into a real classic, a little bit topical. Uh, but, Seth, what did we just listen to? We just finished listening to Moving Pictures by Rush. 1981 classic so what were your uh first of all what is your history with this album have you listened to all of it before i only have listened to it usually when i listen to it i usually just do side one tom sawyer red barchetta yyz limelight usually that's just because those are the hits off that album it's usually where i stick but I've been listening to that album as long as I can remember, really. I got into Rush just before high school. So, just everything Rush. I fucking love this album. It's, it's a masterpiece, along with countless other Rush albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my I, I'm kind of in a similar boat. I only mainly listened to Tom Sawyer and YYZ uh, yeah. when I first got into it, and then... Only recently, really, uh, listened to Limelight, which I'm weird. I didn't listen to that initially, but yeah. now, now, recently, I got into it, and same, same with Red Barchera. Uh, but yeah, like, I was, we were kind of joking around uh, while we were listening to it, uh, how probably most people who had this album on vinyl wore out Side 1, and probably didn't listen to a whole lot of Side 2. Yeah. And that's nothing against the album. I think Side 2 is uh, very much... In the same vein as its genre that uh, Rush was in. It's yeah. very progressive, very uh, experimental, it's yeah. very uh, visual storytelling through music. Yeah, exactly. So it won't get a lot of radio play. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to hear the ten minutes of... Of ca- the camera's eye. Yeah. Uh, but when you listen to it, you definitely do get that sense of like... They're trying to tell you a story uh, sonically. Yeah. Uh, 
of like almost like this futuristic world of 2005 uh, where everything's shining chrome and flying cars robots and, uh, in the streets robots in the streets hoverboards all that all that back to the stuff. future part exactly. two crap yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely what the, what the camera's eye was going for, yeah. what it feels like. Uh, but yeah, like, it, we're not going to say anything new or groundbreaking no. on, like, stuff like Tom Sawyer or YYZ, because really, what is there to say? What's left to say? We Everyone, we, we've said it all. But, like, I do wish whenever I was in Toronto and I was at Pearson, I wish I had the... The brain power to listen to YYZ while I was there. Yeah. And I didn't. At least I don't remember if I did. Yeah. Moron. No, that is that album is 100% definitely in probably the... T- if I had to say top 100 classic albums, it's got to be in the top 20. Mm. Classic albums of all time. Uh, so let's get into some of the individual parameters, especially of the band itself. Uh, I think this is some of their best work. They really flex their muscles on each of their instruments. They, or, well, (laughs) each each of them has about 15 instruments that they're good with. Yeah. Uh, uh, Getty Lee, especially on, uh, what was it we were saying, Tom Sawyer? Or, no, wait, YYZ. 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 Is where Geddy Lee really shines. Yeah, a lot of people like to talk about Neil Peart during during the, mm-hmm. when they talk about Bible said, but not. I don't feel like enough people are addressing just how technical uh, and almost surgical uh, Geddy Lee's yeah. uh, base is on that. He's it, it, it may, he may as well be lead on that. Yeah, because he is just he's, he's tearing the, the house down with his base. You don't hear that usually from them. You, he's got really great bass lyrics, but nothing like that song. And and with Neil Peart and his some of his drum beats in that, just not when he's soloing. Sometimes <coughs> he's just he takes the simple route. He plays your standard simple beats, and because he knows, okay, I don't need to go complicated here. I don't need to be complex. Sometimes just simple. Is better bread and butter. Bread and That's butter. All you need. Yeah. And yeah, like of course he shines a whole lot. Yeah. Throughout the whole album, his uh, and uh, his almost weird lyrics, uh, which to some people have said before, they can be kind of a turn off. But yeah. I've always liked his almost a uh, sci-fi futuristic uh, well, vibe that he's just, going. It's for. just pure poeticness. And, well, I guess speaking of poems, Tom Sawyer is the only song on the uh, album that wasn't directly written completely by Neil. Uh, it's also written by a uh, uh, Canadian poet, uh, uh, Pai Dubois. So, yeah, partial credit yeah. for uh, that one. Uh, but, like, Geddy Lee, whenever he's singing, I always think that he's he was made to sing in Prague. Progressive rock, he was made for the genre. Uh, and his, he, it just works. Yeah. It's a nice pairing between Neil's lyrics and Getty's, uh, vocals on yeah. the tracks. They, they blend so nicely. And, well, let's also not forget Alex Lyson here. Yes. Which is, that's probably one of the weirdest dynamics for this band specifically, where out of all the members, 
the lead guitarist is probably the least talked about yeah that's because he's just such a phenomenal player like i used to think you would t- so the good example is you take alex lifeson let's say let's just go r40 tour the last rush tour mm-hmm. before they called it quits retired he and his whole career when he played when he would play live on stage he was just like Getty Lee. He was surgical. It was so technical. Every note was crisp, clean, perfect. And then you would go to someone like Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. They sound great on on, on the, the record, recording. but when he would play live, it's sloppy. It's lazy. Probably because he was stoned out of his gourd most of the time. But there was just two two very different players, and he always showed that in his live music. Like when you he also performed. have to give it up to the production side of oh the, uh, yeah, thing, probably cleaning it up, you know, making it making it uh, the sounds that we hear mm-hmm. uh, on the albums. Yeah. Also have to applaud uh, Getty Lee's uh, synthesizer work yes. uh, throughout the album. It really does help pave the the futuristic vibe yeah. that you get from moving picture uh and it also does kind of like uh, as you were saying paints the uh uh eventual picture of what rush would be for probably the next 10 10 15 yeah. years that was just an introduction to what we would receive most i think rush fans would say those were kind of the dark times other than because they just didn't hold like 180 throughout those 80s like one minute they were your classic rush and then all of a sudden they were completely different you almost didn't recognize them until they finally 360 back to their their roots you mean 180 yeah they did another 180 they did a full 160 a full, a full 360, 360 sorry don't sometimes worry. i don't word Rota- sp- rotations are hard sometimes i don't word speak good <laughs> but you know what i mean just you know this this was the intro to what we were getting they completely changed their sound and then eventually they rotated back into their classic and then come let's say 2000s it got weird again but it was really good weird Mm. It, it got weird for the better then they gave us two very classic albums Usually it was the early stuff that was the great stuff. You yeah. Never the the new stuff. Like, you don't want to hear the new Rolling Stones. You want to hear the old stuff. Yeah. But not yeah. with Rush. You wanted to hear the new stuff because it was so good. They were still innovating. Yeah. They were still finding something new about themselves. Snakes and Arrows blew my mind. And then, of course, they did um, Clockwork Angels, which was unfortunate. unfortunately their final album. Hmm. Because Neil Peart... Started to suffer from some health issues. With he just his, wasn't all there. He wasn't all there. He couldn't. He couldn't handle the massive tours anymore. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, he, succumbing to brain cancer yeah. just a couple weeks ago. Passed away yeah. recently. But that's also why we are here. Mm-hmm. Why we are reviewing or giving our thoughts on this album because it is such a classic and such an important Canadian yeah uh, classic too. Uh, recorded. In the uh, Laurentian Mountains in uh, uh, Quebec, uh, near the town of Moran Heights at Le Studio. Just a studio in the middle of nowhere. Which I always just thought, thought so funny. Especially if you go and watch the, um, 
the music video for Tom Sawyer, it gives you just kind of an out, it just kind of shows it just out in the, it's out in the, a field. We're surrounded by snow and it's just the craziest thing. This tiny little building created so, something so iconic. Mm-hmm. The masterpiece. Yeah. All right, Seth. My recommendation to you is a favorite of mine. Okay. That being Discovery by Daft Punk. All right. I found mine. I want you to listen to. This is a classic 80s. 1984. We're going back there. Going back. Reckless by Brian Adams. Woo! That is one of my all-time favorite albums. I love every song. And trust me, I will get in plenty of Brian Adams on this new show because I absolutely love him. I've seen him four times and counting in concert. <laughs> I just love it. He's uh, never done me wrong. All right. All yeah. right. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to that. So then what should people expect down the pipeline? What should they expect in the next episode? Next episode, I would definitely expect to hear more reviews, more rock news, and I think definitely we're going to come out with our first tap out challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm very looking forward to, very not looking forward to it. I both am and ain't not. <laughs> Damn you, Corey Feldman. <laughs> Damn you, Corey Feldman. And finally... In the next episode, you should expect to hear the sounds of us talking about Guns N' Roses. Appetite for Destruction. The classic 1987 debut of one of the most powerful rock bands I've ever heard. And my, for next week, for my next review, I'm going away from, I'm sticking a little bit towards the rock... But it's definitely country. I'm going Zach Brown Band's latest album, The Owl. You should expect to hear uh, me talk about a lot of thrash metal. All right. From a band that's not quite known for it. That being King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards infest the rat's nest. Ooh. That sounds thrashy. Thrashy. <laughs> Also, before we wrap up here, I just want to do a quick shout out to my old friends in my old band, Panic Button. Unfortunately, I'm so sad that we're not around anymore, but you did help me write this song. It's the intro to this podcast. It was originally entitled Turn and Run. So to Caitlin and Brant, thanks for the help writing that. I miss you both. All right. Well, fans, stay tuned. Stay hard. Stay frosty.